Well, good morning. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. My name is Leticia, and welcome online. We have a couple exciting things happening this month and the next week. Ladies, our breakfast, our ladies' breakfast is this Saturday. Yes, keep going. It's exciting. <laughs> yes, it is this Saturday at 9 a.m. And as you know, we always have great food and great fellowship. So I encourage you to attend. I encourage you to invite your neighbors and your friends. We always have a lovely time. Delicious food. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> so Saturday at 9 a.m. And ladies, our 55 plus group, they are planning a trip to the High Hand Nursery, which is in Loomis. That will be Tuesday, July 18th. Um, You will meet here at 9 a.m. And if you are interested in going, there is a sign-up sheet. You can meet with Miss Cecilia outside in the lobby after service if you have any questions. But it's always an exciting time. They have a cafe. You'll have lunch there. It'll be a nice day. It's, um, and I hear that nursery is very beautiful. So that would be Tuesday, July 18th. You'll meet here at 9 a.m. Make sure to sign up with Miss Cecilia out in the lobby today. Well, that's it for announcements. <laughs> Wish everyone an amazing Sunday. And Junior High, you are dismissed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. And he's just amazing. You know, if you weren't here last Sunday, last Sunday I just shared about called I Am What I Am. And if we know who we are, then we actually get to know what we have. And if we know what we have, then we know what really, really belongs to us. Amen? Aren't you glad that God is constantly revealing truth to us? Amen? And he wants us to know and to understand and to walk in truth. That's the greatest joy. You know, the the Apostle John said this in uh, Second John. He actually said this. He said that I have no greater joy than to know that my you know, children walk in the truth. Hallelujah. Walking in the truth. And how you know God's God's will, his plan, his purpose for our lives is that we know him. Amen. Most of the time, many times people or we look at ourselves, but most of the time we're trying to see what God can do for us or what God can do instead of just getting to know him. Amen. God wants us to get to know him even in a bigger and a better way. Hallelujah. It's, it's so vitally important that we, we do that. And what I'm doing right now is just circling the airport. I got three sermons on the inside of me that we're doing. And so, you know, because Lord, I didn't ever get, I never get finished. I always try to get finished, you know. But, uh, you know, because one of the scriptures that I, I think I may have shared, it, I may not have got that far in my notes, but it's this, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and uh, verse 12 says this, it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. Man, aren't you glad you're not bound by the spirit of the world? He said, we have not received the spirit of the world, amen, but the spirit who is from God, and it goes on to say that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Aren't you glad that we should know this? I love the apostle John. I love him because he was so positive. He was so full of life. And that when you read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he always says, we know, I know, we know, we know, I know, we know. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking, about, well, maybe it's like this, might be like this. How many of you know there's so many uh, voices out there that are in the world? 
And there's so many voices that are just trying to contradict. They're trying to get you to listen to what they're saying. And how many know we've got way too many voices in our lives right now? It's way too easy to get information, way too much to get, uh, to find out. And so we've got to tune out all those other noises and listen to what God is saying on the inside of us. Because that's what truth is. That's what truth is. When we know the truth, what? The truth sets us free. Amen? When we know the truth, the truth sets us free. Yeah, it's amazing how, how many people, it, we look at it and they get rattled by things. Listen, don't be rattled by what's going on around the, in the world or what's taking place. How many you know God knows what he's doing and God knows what's going on? Amen. So everybody just take a real deep breath and go, ah, it's okay. God's got it. He's going to do things. Now he's going to show us things. Because we, we at this time, we know we only know in part, we prophesy in part, we don't know all things in the sense of how the future is going to hold, but we do know what God said he'll do. We do know what he'll do, what his part is. And God gives us so many scriptures, so much of the word of God that changes us. It helps us to know who we are, what we have, and what we can hang on to. Amen? Go with me if you would to First John. Go to First John. Hallelujah. And... Um, Let's go to 1 John chapter 3 first. 1 John chapter 3. Glory to God. And uh, I got a brand new Bible. My wife got me a brand new Bible. Of course, her big favorite thing is the New Living Translation. And uh, she got me this because it's big print. See, so I didn't bring my glasses, so we're, we're good too, okay? So hallelujah. For those of you that are over 40, you understand those things. <laughs> and uh, I never had a problem till I got to being over 60. And that kind of caused a little problems. I was like, dude, what's going on here? Hallelujah. I mean, I, I see fantastic four feet away from my face. No, actually, two feet away from my face, I see perfect too. It's just that two-foot thing in here. And they, you know, and so, but praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here in First John chapter 3, look at verse 14. Hallelujah, if you would with me. You know, one of, the, one of the things about it is making sure that you know your salvation, that you're going to finish your course. That's, that's my goal. My goal is to get you to finish. My goal is to get you, want to get people started, but I also want people to finish. Amen? You know, uh, and so in... Uh, <clears throat> In the, in the New King James, it says this, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living. It says, we know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. In the New Living, it says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves or we know that we have passed from death to life, but a person who has no love is still dead. Hallelujah. And when you say, so how do I know if I'm saved? Well, I got a love that I've never had before. I know that I'm born again because of the Spirit of God that lives and dwells on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you're there in verse 14. Jump down, uh, um, if you would, down here to verse, <clears throat> you know, 19. Let's look at verse 19. You know, <clears throat> actually, let me just read it to you here out, out of the King James, then I'm going to read out of the end. It says, and this we know, that we are of the truth. 
and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Then whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen? And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of, of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. The reason I share this is because we need to know that we know the truth. The whole thing about John was trying to get across, you know, John was the oldest apostle. He lived the longest. He was endeavoring to, to share uh, uh, truths with, with the rest of the body of Christ because he was an eyewitness. Amen. You know, Paul, Paul, John did not die on the Isle of Patmos where he was exiled. He got off of the Isle of Patmos. He, you know, and of course he wrote the book and got the revelation, wrote the book of Revelations, but he wrote first, second and third John after the book of Revelations. And he wrote that and he was endeavoring to share with everybody. Listen, we know the truth. You're of the truth. He was constantly reminding me, listen, don't let people lie to you. Don't let them lie to you. Don't listen to what's going on here. Don't listen to what's going on. Because you have the spirit of God. We constantly have to remind ourselves that we're the ones that are right. And don't argue with fools. It's like one person said, you might be able to whip a skunk, but you might not want to. Because you get the smell on you, Okay. And the Bible tells us not to argue with fools. The Bible tells us not to cast our pearls before sign. The Bible tells us that because how many know the world wants to get you on their level? How many know that we operate on a higher level and a greater level and we have to answer everything spiritually? We have to do that because our warfare is not with flesh and blood. It's against principles. It's against the enemy. It's against the devil. It's against the spiritual wickedness. And it's against all of those folks. He's the one trying to, he's trying to get us to operate out of the flesh and we've got to stay in the spirit. Amen? We've got to deal. Because look at this. Jump over to, to chapter 4, if you would. Look at verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. He said, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Amen? And this is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children. Amen. I love that statement. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Then he goes on to say, by this, actually verse 13 and 16, I'm going to read that. It says, by this, verse 13 says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. In verse 16 says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us because God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Biggest thing is I'm trying to get across right now, just in what I feel the spirit of God went to, because I want to get into something he wants to share with us, but is that we need to know this, grab a hold of it, that listen, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know the truth. Amen? No matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, you know the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know the truth about what God's love for you, and don't let anybody else talk you out of it. Amen? He goes on to say over in chapter 5, 
Let's just jump over here real quick because we're just giving you an introduction. Then I'm going to get in my message. You guys ready for this? But I want to finish this because the Lord said, no, I want you to finish this. I want you to, to get them to know and to understand. Hallelujah. And uh, look at 1 John 5, verses 1 through 3. It's so awesome because he says this. <clears throat> he said, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who uh, begot also loves him, who has begotten of him. Then he says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome or not grievous. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verses four and five talks about who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. Amen. And we begin to overcome the world by our faith. And we overcome uh, those things. But we know the truth of the word of God. We understand the truth. Now go down to verse 13. And we're going to finish it. We've got two more scriptures to do. It says, these things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. I love that. We're not guessing. We're not guessing. Amen. We serve a God who hears. We serve a God who answers prayers. We know the truth because we've got God's word. We've got his truth right here with it. Now go down to verse 19 and 20, or actually verse 18 through 20. He says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, and who has, but who, he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and that we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. That is, or this is, the true God and eternal life. Now, does that sound like he doesn't know what he's talking about? Why am I reiterating? Because... As Christians, we got to be the ones that have our heads screwed on right. We've got to be the ones that bring salvation, that brings peace, that brings joy, that brings understanding to every place we go. You're not going to get peace from the world. In the world, you're going to have tribulations. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you joy. We are from a different, uh, a whole different kingdom. We're not in the kingdom of darkness. We've been translated out of that kingdom and we're in this kingdom over here. So we operate by a whole different set of principles and we operate by, by a whole set of different thoughts, different things. Why? Because we believe that there's a God. So well, there's people, they believe that, no, they believe that there's a person out there. But see, if you believe in God, you believe that God's a lawgiver. You believe that God has control of your life, that God has rules and regulations, because if you don't, then you just need to get saved. Amen? And yet we have a tendency to think that the world is stronger than, than God is. And I got news for you. The devil's little and God's big. Amen? You got to have a big God and a little devil. Amen? You have to have that. 
Because no matter, I know the world is, is yelling. I know that Satan's doing everything. And I know it looks like, I mean, it looks like, as they used to say, it looks like the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. So that dates you. None of you have ever even heard that statement before. But the, the whole thing is, it just looks like everything is, look how terrible, look at this, look at this. It's because the devil's roaring. But we have to lift our voice. We just have to lift our voice. Amen? We have to lift our voice. How did I do it? On the floor. I, said, I thought I had my other thing there. The other one's way over here. Just to, don't want to, we're going to go to the Old Testament or the New Testament. Y'all okay? <laughs> Might be good if I turn them upside right, huh? Amen. But how do you continue to know what's freely given you and how do you walk in it? How do you maintain a fervor? How do you uh, uh, allow God to be God? How do you stir yourself up in the things of God? I mean, what do you do when everything's not working? (laughs) What do you do when it seems like your faith's not working, seems like victory's lost, and everything is done? And it looks like everything you're trying to do, this, this, this is broken, that's breaking, this is doing. What do you do? Amen? Well, the Bible tells us there's things that we can do. First of all, you understand that there's an enemy that's arrayed against you. Amen? That's the very first thing you know. And then you check yourself and say, okay, have I opened the door for it? And if I have, then I repent. God forgives me. I admit it, quit it, forget it, go and sin no more, and now I'm ready to fight. How many of you are never ready to fight if you're in condemnation? Go to Ephesians chapter 5, if you would. Now let's start this morning, because I want to tell you how to, how to receive, how to walk in what you know. How to stir up the gifts of God within you, how to get a word from God, how to know how to hang on to that word from God, because that's what the Bible says to do. You know, we can get weary and well-doing, we can just go through the motions and we can get, we can get into doing it ourselves. And we've got to learn how to, how to rest. Now, how do you fight and rest at the same time? I struggle with some things like that. And I'm trying to figure out, how do you, how do you not get some, how do you cast your care over onto the Lord and then not pick it up and try to do something with it? And yet God's supposed to lead you and show you what you're supposed to do. And yet you're not supposed to take the care of it. And yet you're supposed to know what to do about it. That'll get you confused. Come on. Well, we're supposed to do something. I mean, look, we got a crazy world out here. I know we have a crazy world out here. We do. And we need to pray. And we need to take authority over things. Amen? And we need to be led by the Spirit of God. But we can't take the care of it and think that it's all on our shoulders. Because if you do, it'll eat your lunch. You'll walk around defeated. You'll walk around worried. You'll walk around fretting. And the Bible says that we're supposed to cast our care over unto the Lord. Amen? We're supposed to do this. Here in Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 15. I'm going to read it to you out of three different translations here because I want you to get this. This is what we're living in and where we're living at, but God's saying, listen, lift up your heads. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. God's getting ready to come back, but he's coming back for a glorious church. He's coming back for a church that's powerful, a church that has authority, a church that's not afraid. Amen. We're not afraid. And we're not going to get out and get sucked into the, to the world's arguments and to the world's thing. Because that's what the world wants. The world wants to make us look bad. Amen? You know, I mean, we see all this stuff and we just want to, you know, you read all this stuff, you hear all these things. And it, isn't it amazing that bad news is what you usually hear first 
ugly things of what's going on and what they're doing, and they're just they're trying to see how they're, how, what kind of reaction that we can have. Did you know that the Pharisees, it's nothing new, but that's what the, the devil did with the Pharisees with Jesus. They were always trying to get a reaction out of Jesus. And he never answered them according to the flesh. He always answered them according to the spirit. And he'd always answer them with a supernatural. Uh, and they were like, gosh, we can't get this guy. We're trying to get him. And he's like, you know, because he didn't answer according to what they wanted. How many know the world wants you to be a reaction? Amen. The world wants you to be a reaction. They want you to get in the flesh. And boy, do I want to get in the flesh. Just want to take your, you know, in your own hands and just go clean things. Pastor, you can't say that. I know we're not supposed to say that, but you're all thinking it. I just say it. Helps you out there. Hallelujah. But, you know, it's like, because look what it says here. In the King James, it kind of says differently, but I'm going to read these other translations. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, which is dispensation from the New King James, but be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting one to another in the fear of God. Amen. I'm going to read this to you out of the Passion Translation. I'm not a real big proponent of the Passion Translation. All of you may love it, but there are certain things that I like the way he said this. But here's what he said. He says, so be careful how you live. So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding. Why do we get so excited at the world when we know that they don't know? They're just being good sinners. They're just being good heathens. And, and they, they, that's what they say. They have a reprobate mind. So they're going to say what they want to say. We have all these different people that are supposed to be, you know, because they, they're on TV or they're on these things. They've got all this stuff. And we think they're supposed to know. But when you open their mouth, you realize they don't know. Because it's not in line with the word of God. Anybody that doesn't line up with the word of God doesn't know nothing. Sorry. Sorry, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, doesn't agree with the word of God, it's not fit for my thought life. If it doesn't bring life to me and praise unto God, I'm not supposed to think on it. That's what the Bible says in, in, in Ephesians there. It's what it told us that we, we do. Hallelujah. It says, if it doesn't bring life to you and praise unto God, you are not supposed to touch it. <laughs> that eliminates 99% of the conversations you've had. Anyways, he says, so be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Then he says, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord, Jehovah. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to the Father God for every person he brings into your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. Amen? Out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive for each other in 
love. Now, Paul gives us a whole kind of, uh, kind of a thing here of what we can do, and he shares with how we're supposed to handle some things here. First of all, he tells us, listen, first of all, we've got to watch how we walk. If we were the ones causing all of our problems, we've got to stop. Amen? We just got to repent. We got to say, okay, Father, forgive me for being stupid. Let's, let's change this. Help me to understand some things. Let me walk because I want to know your will. I want to know your plans. I want to know this of what you want me to do. And he says, but we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you know that God has a divine will for your life? He has a plan, but it's far easier than what you have endeavored to try to look for. You know, because we kind of think, well, what's God's will? We're always trying to look for the specific will of God. I just wish the body of Christ would just do the general will of God. I wish they just love God. John said it like this. In John 17, he said this in the, in the verse 17, 3. He said, this is eternal life. What is eternal life, John? Knowing God. Just know him. If you seek him, then you'll know what he wants you to do. Because if you'll notice, it said here in the Passion that you'll understand, you know, as you spend time and do this thing, you'll take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. How I many you know God has a purpose? And it's a great purpose. And it coincides with what you do naturally. But he's got a purpose for our lives. He's got something that he wants us to do. Amen? He's got something that's very real. We need to spend our time just honoring, honoring him. Amen? How do you remember in, in, in Micah chapter 6, I think, verse 8 or chapter, yeah, right around there, it basically talks about, he says, what does the Lord require of us? And basically, he says, he says a couple of things there. One of the biggest things, he says, the Lord requires us just to be humble and to honor and to love him. And when you honor and you love and, and, and just get in fellowship with him, if you'll desire his presence, you'll know his will. If you can desire his presence, you'll know his will and you'll have his will for your life. Amen. You'll get a hold of it. And then guess what? This will become very real. Very real. Very real. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but you know, many times with, my, with Pastor Pamela, she, she always keeps me up to breast on all of the junk that's going on. If, if she doesn't, Crispin does, and if Crispin doesn't, Brian does. You know, so they, everybody keeps me up, and then plus I get news feeds and all this. I get to hear all these things, and I, I, you know, I have to pray. So they keep me, you know, doing good. Get me on my knees here. But she'll do the and, and the, the thing with with Pastor Family, she'll say things to me, and, and then she gets this crazy reaction, and then she yells at me. <laughs> says, you can't say that. They'll put you in jail. They'll do these things. You can't. I said, then don't tell me these things. You, you want a reaction? You tell me this stuff. Look, oh, this is what's going on. I said, then let's just, just do this. So you can't say that. You, you, I said, well, then don't tell me these things. You, you don't want a reaction. Amen. Now, aren't you glad? I have a wonderful saying. Aren't you glad that your first response doesn't have to be your last response? Everybody just get a big amen on that. Hallelujah. Because see, my first response is always not good. It isn't because I want to react out of the flesh. But then I have to calm down. I, I, none of you ever hear my first response, ever. She gets to hear it because she's the first responder. <laughs> She's in the heat of the thing, and she's like, this, you know, did you hear about it? I'm like, 
you know, it's like okay, but but we, but you got you got to understand how do we how do we get a hold of these? But I'm so glad that my first response is not my last response. I said, Lord, this is what my flesh would like to do, but I never let my flesh do what it wants to do. It's not allowed to do that because that'll get me in big trouble. You know, one fit of carnality can ruin you forever. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, and you need to realize that there is a war that's that's raged against us. You do realize that this whole thing is a spiritual battle. Everything that they're trying to do, everything that they're trying to push and shove is all about the devil trying to build his kingdom and trying to stop the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. No matter what it is, it's all a spiritual battle. And every time the enemy tries to raise his ugly head, he, he, he endeavors uh, to, to, to trip you up. I mean, just share with you, I'm going to share you a, little, a, a story, and I've shared it before, but you, you may, many of you may not have remembered it or whatever, but there was a situation that, that transpired uh, in my church in, in Pittsburgh. I pastored in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for 13 years or 12 and a half years, and uh, anyways, uh, we had a group of people come to our church, and, and the whole following, like 30 or 40 of them all of them just showed up one Sunday, and I thought, this is very interesting. You know, what's going on? And of course, it looked like one of the guys was a leader. And he was there and I was preaching and I was praying. And, and I just turned, turned around and I had a word of knowledge. And, and, and God just healed him. Put brand new baby skin on his hands and healed him. He was, had a, all kind of disease. And, and it was amazing. It was a miracle of God. And, and uh, I thought, well, praise God. We're glad, you know. Hallelujah. And uh, um, Situation that transpired. His little going. He was there for a couple of months, and things going on seemed to be really good. In fact, his little boy got hit by a car, got thrown thirty feet. We prayed for him, raised him up. He, he was healed and whole. And God just seemed to be doing, and he was touching all of the people's lives. But all of a sudden, I knew in my heart there was something not right. Something. But I thought, well, praise God. God. God wants to be able. God wants. He'll. He'll. He'll do things. He'll help people. You know. Well, you know, through a turn of events, I, and I could see things happening, and he weaseled in and, and got a hold of people and began to contaminate and, and contaminate and really just cause great havoc. And, uh, and it came down to a big crescendo where he's basically saying, hey, you're going to have to do this. We're going to have this big confrontation. And then when I found out later where he'd come from and found out a whole bunch of other things that he'd already destroyed two or three churches before that, got the pastors in the flesh, got them in fist fights, and, and uh, you know, they lost their churches. They lost all kinds of things. So he's there, and, and uh, of course, my board's all concerned because he's like, you know, people always want to threat and they want to do things. And uh, uh, I'm just praying. I'm saying, okay, Lord, what do we need to do? What do we need? How do we handle this thing? How do I deal with this particular because we've got notable miracles that have happened we've got things that have taken place and and uh, and yet we've got a tremendous wolf in sheep clothing here and uh, so it came down to a sunday where it's like okay we're going to have this big confrontation supposedly in front of everybody and all these things i mean we had a packed house that day everybody wants to see a good fight <laughs> And I'm praying, and of course, my board was really nervous. They're like, we're going to get sued. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle this? You know, because they had seen me. I shared a lot of things, and so they really understood how my flesh wanted to do. But the Lord gave me a message, and he gave me a thing. Uh, When I say he gave me a thing, he gave me a message, and he told me exactly what to do, how to do it, and how to, to diffuse the whole situation through the word of God. And so I got up and I preached a message and it diffused the whole, I mean, if he'd have got up and said one word, 
everybody would have known he was the Antichrist. I mean, it was one of the best messages. I mean, it was probably one of the greatest, but it wasn't my message. It was God's message. And it just wiped everything out. And he came forward at the end of the service. He says, you know, he said, well, you beat me. You defeated me with the word. There's nothing I can do. I said, yeah. I said, you know, God did everything for you because he wanted you to repent. And he wanted to have, that's why he healed you. That's why he did all these things for this and everything. He wanted to help you. He said, well, yeah, but no, but I, I like being me and I like destroying things. And I said, well, but you know, then he said, well, aren't you going to kick me out? And I said, no, you're welcome to come because you know who's in authority here. You know who's in charge and you know what's going to happen. And there is no problem. <sighs> Amen. Amen. You know, he said, yeah, you're right. So he got up to leave. Funny thing about it, you know, uh, only about two or three people left. The other 28 stayed. <laughs> they all got delivered. They all got saved. They all got set free. You know, it, it said, oh, of course, you know, my board, they thought I was the greatest thing since Jesus almost. But, you know, I said, no. I said, we thank God for what God can do because it's not a battle of flesh and blood. And I'm not bragging on me. I can't because if you'd have seen me up to that point, thank God for people that were calming me down. Thank God for people that were telling me, you better go pray. You better deal with this. You better handle this. You better know what to do in this. And I said, yes, you're right. I need to do this. I I need to really do this. And say, okay, Lord, how do I handle this? How do I get a hold of these things here? Amen. And the reason I share that story with you is because that's exactly what the Spirit is doing right now. The Spirit of Antichrist out there. Remember what it just said. It said the Spirit of Antichrist is out there and it's trying to get us, it's trying to lure you in to be a reaction. Don't be a reaction. Don't matter how much they act the fool, don't be a reaction. Amen? Did you notice here in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, the very first thing is you've got to speak to yourself, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual. You need to edify yourself. You need to let God and your relationship be so overwhelmingly wonderful and so joyful and so that your relationship with God is so good that you don't care about what anybody else says or does. Me and God are tight. We're wonderful. And I don't care what all you guys are saying. You can call me all kinds of things. But I know that my relationship with God is right. Hallelujah. Because I've got a song in my heart. I, I got scriptures. I've got the life of God. And I'm doing, I know what I'm preaching is truth. Amen. I know what I'm saying is truth. I know what I've received is truth. Praise God. And so I'm going to have a bold testimony. I'm going to have a, 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 because I'm obedient to the word of God. I'm going to be strong in what I say. But I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. But I'm not going to back down. Amen. And, but I'm not going to get upset either. See, when you're right, you don't get upset. When you know you're right and you're trying to convince somebody, you don't have to try to convince. Say, well, hey, you can believe what you want to believe. But I'm going to believe the truth. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my wife. And that's what you have to do. Because we've got to be the ones that bring life to the situation. Amen. Listen, folks, we've got the answer. Glory to God. We're going to be the glorious church. We're going to be a strong church, full of life, full of faith. Hallelujah. But we're not going to be an argumentative church. We're not going to be a fighting church. Amen. Because he didn't call it. He told us to fight the good fight of faith. So we're going to come against the enemy. We're going to take authority of the spirit that's operating in that situation. You know, amen. Hallelujah. See, people think, remember I told you I was born for this? <laughs> I was born for this day and this hour. 
and the things in which I've suffered, the things in which I've gone through, you know, we think it's something new because you have all, what are we going to do when they try to say all this stuff to us? We're going to do what the word of God says. We're going to do what the Bible says. Can we let God fight our battles? And I boldly declare that. I boldly declare that, you know. So I said, well, what do you do? Because we have all these different things. You know, we just went through a month that's crazy. You know, if everybody celebrates a lot. It's amazing how many things we celebrate in our country that are just crazy things. And it's amazing what everybody says. This, oh, this day you're supposed to celebrate this. You know, every day there's a day that you celebrate something on Facebook. It's like, oh, this is this day. This is uh, such and such and such and such you get to do. It's like, it's like everybody's looking for something to be happy. How many know you don't have to look for something to be happy? Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to look for something to be happy. You know, I, I thought all the things that I went through, I thought, the Lord, why, am I ha- why did I have to go? Th-? But I've been, as lately as I've been praying, he's been bringing up all these stories on the inside of me, all the things that I faced when I first started in ministry or when I first started. And I said, gosh, that, that's just like today. That's just like today. That's just like today. That's just like today. How do we handle this? How do we deal with this? Amen. And I had, I had in my face, I had all these things happening. Because everybody wants to push you into doing things. They want to push you into, well, you're going to have to do this or this is going to happen. You're going to have to do this or this is going to happen. Aren't you glad you don't have to answer? You just have to let God answer. And let the Holy Spirit lead you and direct you and guide you. There's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of stories popping up on the inside. I'm trying to fight them, push them down. Because you guys are all like, well, you like the stories. Somebody says, nobody can have that many stories. I know, I shouldn't have that many stories. But I do. I've lived long enough to have those stories. Because people are always like, well, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, I know I'm going to do the same thing I did before that caused victory. Amen? Lord, I don't want to say that. I want to do my nice, easy sermon here. The first thing you have to do, let's get back to the maintaining some things here. Because you guys are all like trying to pull. Don't be doing on that side. <laughs> Amen. No, sometimes the window, sometimes stories help. You know, I know that got you all nervous about the guy being healed and he was a self-proclaimed prophet. You know, because just on the other side of the thing of that, little side note to that was, that was when... Everybody was teaching nationwide that every church should have a prophet, every church should have an apostle, every church should have an evangelist. You know, his big thing is, I'm going to be the prophet, you're, going to, you're the apostle, so-and-so. He had everybody lined out of how we were supposed to do this and all that kind of stuff. And, and so he, you know, he, he was going along with the, the newest crave and, uh, uh, of what goes on. We wouldn't need to do that. And that wasn't true that every church needed these things. Sarah does all that thing. Thank God there are apostles. Thank God there are prophets. And there are evangelists and teachers and pastors in the body of Christ. Wonderful and great. But uh, it's not where you try to have a hierarchy. Amen? And so it gets kind of crazy. But that's church government. We're not going to teach on that. But so he had a lot of things, a lot of backing. And and lest you think that's a crazy thing, you say, well, how did that all get started? That all got started from my church in Pittsburgh. We had a pastor's convention, and that's where they all unfolded it. So I was the starter and the stupid one of that. I didn't believe in it even when they said it at my church. It caused no small stir. But it went nationwide. See, that's why I say I got lots of stories that get crazy. That's why I said I was born for this. You know, I've been lied about coast to coast, been threatened about in all kinds of things. Hallelujah. I've had this, that, and another, and I'm still here, and they're all gone. Okay? They're all gone, and I'm still here. 
And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just thanking God for the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. But you have a situation that takes place. But we need to know how do we how do we get this? How do we rise up and know that we know? First of all, you know that you've passed from death unto life because you love people. Because you have the love of God shed abroad in your You have a song in your heart for the Lord. You, you, you fill yourself up. It's like, yes, you can sing and worship and magnify the Lord. How to You can stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. And you have to. So say, so, well, I got nothing to sing about. If you're saved, you can sing forever. Amen. Hallelujah. You can rejoice. You can praise God. Hallelujah. You can honor the Lord. You're just filled full. And I think we got to have that again. I think we got to stir up the gifts of God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. See, when something's real to you, if something's very real to you, it's never old. You love hearing it. You love grabbing a hold of it. And whatever's real to you is what you'll grab a hold on to when times are tough. Amen. When things don't look right, when you're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? You know? Because one thing that we got to make sure that we're doing is that we're filling ourselves up, that we're being filled. Notice that over there in, in Ephesians 5, it says, but be being filled or be filled with the Spirit. Continually fill yourself up. Continually fill yourself up. you got to continually pray in the Holy Ghost. Just like they had the testimonies of the kids getting filled with the Holy Ghost on Wednesday night. So thrills my heart because it changes your life. Amen. you got to stir up the gift of God. you got to stir up the gift of God on the inside. If you don't stir it up, hallelujah, you're going to get beat down. You've got to build it. You know, we, we take the word of God and it brings life to us. Amen? It takes life to us. Hallelujah. And, and you bring it because it brings it. And we know the truth. And when we know the truth, it sets us free. Talked to, we sang about freedom. People said, why do we always talk about that we want to? Because it's Christianity is the only religion. And it's not a religion. It's a relationship. But it's the only, when you clump everything together, it's the only one that brings freedom. Everyone else brings bondage. You got a bunch of do's and don'ts. Say, well, we got a bunch of, no, we got a bunch of do's. Because when you do all the do's in Christianity, you won't do the don'ts. If you fall in love with Jesus, you're not going to take him places he's not welcome. You're not going to sin. You're not going to, when you fall in love with Jesus, you're not going to talk bad about your neighbors. You're not going to get mad at your brothers and sisters. Thank you for your overwhelming response. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I said, Pastor, you haven't been in the church I've been in. No, well, you're in a good church here. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it comes by allowing what God says to change our lives. What is God endeavoring to do right now? You know, we know the truths of the word of God. We know that there's a world out there that's gone crazy. It's in chaos. And it's trying to say, we're going to do all these things. What are you going to do about it? And what we got to do is say, we're going to just take the word of God and we're going to do what God's always called us to do. We are going to take these things. And our characteristics that we have is that we're going to worship God. We're going to let God fight our battles. He's going to lead and guide us. We're going to allow his spirit, his plan, his purpose to continue to go. And we're going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. And we're going to continue to give thanks. We're going to continue to praise him. We're going to continue to cast our character because the things we don't know, we're going to let God do it. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to let God do what he needs to do. We're going to honor the Lord. Hallelujah. In all that we can. Because God said he'd never leave us or forsake us. God's going to be there. And God said, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Amen? So the battle that the enemy's trying to get us into, we're going to let the battle be the Lord's. And we're going to do his tactics. We're going to do what he wants. And we're going to defuse the enemy. 
Amen. And that's what the Lord did. I, I, he was just reminding me of all of these things. He said, look what I did. Look what I did. And I didn't know what to do. Aren't you glad when you don't know what to do, you thank God God does? Amen. And, and if, you know, as one person said, man, if, if you follow the Holy Spirit, he'll make you look like a genius. <laughs> Amen. And the Bible says we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things of the Spirit of God. We know things by the Spirit of God. We don't know everything out here, but we know by the Spirit of God what to do, how to answer, what to say. Amen. We see that the power and the plan and the purpose of God. Amen. And so three things is that what we do here when it says, I'm going I'm to give thanks, I'm going to honor. But then he also said that let's just submit ourselves to God. Submitting ourselves one to another, but submitting ourselves to God. Listen, if we'll seek his presence, we'll get his plans and purpose. Amen. And he'll give us a bold testimony. He'll show us the way to go in an obedience to that. Hallelujah. And we'll honor him in everything that we do. Because guess what? No matter what, we win. No matter what, we win. We read the back of the book. We win. Hallelujah. God wants us to humble ourselves. He wants us to humble ourselves. And when you humble, what does that mean? Just be teachable and say, God, lead God and direct me. Yes, we need to speak truth and we need to have a voice. But we need to have a voice of love. We need to have a voice of power. Hallelujah. And we, but we don't need to have an argumentative one or a fighting one. You know, and that's the thing of the Spirit of God. Just was saying that Because you know the truth, then you're responsible for the truth. But you've got to speak the truth in love. Because how does our faith work? Faith works by love. Amen. Faith works by love. God's plan, his purpose, glory to God. God wants us to maintain this wonderful teachable attitude of allowing God to correct us, love us, and lead us. Because right now is the greatest time in the world to be alive is right now. Because God wants to use you to love people. Even just like I used that story, he brought in all these people that were argumentative, fussing, fighting, but in the end, when he left, all those people were precious and sweet because God loved them. He didn't want them to be deceived. Amen? God wanted, God wanted to help him. I mean, the devil's not going around healing people. Sorry. He can't even do that on his best day. Amen? Think he can't. And the thing about this is that, I mean, and that was the thing that really caused it to linger because I didn't understand why God was being so nice. And why, you know, praying and God raised up their son and God was, I mean, it was just, there were so many things that were going on and I didn't understand. I said, God, why are you doing all this stuff when this guy's a jerk? Now, I never said that publicly at that time. See, I can talk about this. It's 30 years later, 40 years later. I don't even know if he's still alive or whatever. We don't know, but, uh, you know. And when you, when you think of things and you do that, but the one thing I found out, and the Lord said, because, here's what the Lord said. He said, haven't you read that when you give them the truth over in Timothy, it said, peradventure, that they would rescue themselves. So understand this, when you give truth out and people don't receive it or whatever, you still got to give truth out. When you reach out in love and nobody wants to receive it, you still got to love. Why? Peradventure, that they can rescue themselves. You might not be able to rescue them. Okay, And it's not your job to make them believe the truth. 
It's your job to give them the truth and let them do whatever they want to do with it. And let God take that truth and let God mold them. Let God do this. Hallelujah. Because it's not up to you. It's up to us to bring truth. It's up to us to speak the truth. It's up to us to share the love of Jesus. But what they do with it is up to them. Peradventure that they can rescue themselves. And that's the thing about it. And it's amazing that it may take people time. It may take people a long time. I could tell you story after story about people who were mad and hated me. But then later on, they've contacted me and said, you know, Pastor, I just want you to know that I finally, I finally stopped you know, being stupid. And I finally stopped, literally, I finally stopped allowing these. And I finally see, and then I want you to know that it was your words. It was your words. It was your words that I couldn't get out of my head. And I'm like, thank God. And here's the thing that they said. He said, because you were always kind. You were the only, you told me the truth. You didn't, you know, wallow in my head. But you, you were always, I said, whoa. So because I want you to get it. I want you to, you know, I mean, if I can't make it, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to rip your head off, pour it in, and put your head back on. <laughs> but can't do that. I mean, it'd be nice. Take that brain out, put in a new one, and say, yes, thank you, receive this. But you can't do that. How many of you know we can't? Let's, let's close. We can't give revelation. We can give truth and then let the Holy Spirit reveal it to those around us and thank God for what he does. See, many times we're trying to, to have everything at all. We're just to give truth and we're to speak the truth in love and not fuss and fight. But don't, we're not going to let the world have a reaction in us. Glory to God, we're going to always be the action. Just like Jesus was, always be the action. Amen? And that's what we can do because peradventure, we're hoping for one more. We just want to reach one more. We want to reach one more. How did it, that they'll hear the truth. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, this didn't go anywhere or where, how all these things that I had written down. But Father, I just trust. I trust the Holy Spirit that he form fits this and that those of you that they receive and understand my heart. First, my heart is I want them to know that this word is truth, that we're not searching for the truth, but we know the truth and it's the word of God. We have the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth, the way and the life. Hallelujah. He is. Hallelujah. No one can come to God except through him. And Jesus is the one that reveals truth to us through the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth. And truth can't be changed. It can't. If it can be changed, it never was truth. But truth never changes. Father, we thank you for that. And the greatest truth that we know is that Jesus Christ came and died for us. He was raised from the dead for us. And when we believed in our heart and we spoke with our mouth, we were changed. We were transformed. We were delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and we were put into the kingdom of his dear son, the son of his love. Oh, Lord, we honor you for that. I love you, Father. I love you, I love you, I love you. Thank you. And so, Father, if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice today, they may be searching, they may be trying to figure out, well, who's right? Who's right in all of this? How do you know that you're right? Well, the key is you need to know Jesus. It's not having the best argument. It's not having the most facts. It's knowing in your heart 
that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and it changed you. It's like the blind man who said, I don't know anything about Jesus, about this man, but I know this one thing. I was blind and now I see. And when we may not know a lot of how to argue and how to try to bring our case, but this one thing I know, I was lost and now I'm found. I was in darkness and now I'm walking in light. I was in bondage and now I'm in freedom. <laughs> oh, I've been set free. I, I, I had a hatred over here and now I got a great love over here. I've been changed. I'm a new person. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because when you accept Jesus, things change. You change. You go from death to life. And you know, and no one can take it from you. So if you're here and you've never gone from death to life, I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about knowing that you're born again, knowing that you'll make heaven, knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and no one can take it away from you. Having a no-so salvation. And if you're here and you don't know that, if you're not sure of that, we want to help you. We can pray with you. We can show you the word of God. And it's the word of God that brings life. And if you want us to pray with you, just raise your hand real high. And those of you watching, if you see this and you're there, hallelujah, glory to God, you can get born again right there. You can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. All you got to do is when we say the prayer or, or, or just get in contact, we can lead you in the prayer. Hallelujah. So anywhere here or anywhere there, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Lift up your heads and look at me. Last Sunday... You know, we were saying that, and, and a person got online and said, hey, I want to be born again. I want to, I want to get saved. And so one of our parishioners said, hey, here's how you can do it. When he says the prayer, and of course, we led everybody in, in, in the sinner's prayer, and they got born again last Sunday. And, uh, you know, because, um, you, you know, people look at that and they go, well, I don't know if that's, listen, if you have faith to believe, that's why God can do great things. And that's what it's all about. Our, our whole life, our whole doctrine is, yes, we've got God's word on it, but it's us believing this word that brings life to us. It still all comes down to faith. And when people want to argue, they want to fuss, they want to fight, you have to say, yeah, but it's too late for me. It already works. It's already got it. It's already full of life. It's too late for me. You better go find somebody else. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is so good. So wonderful. Hallelujah. I'm just circling the airport one more time to see where we close. Father, I thank you for these wonderful folks. I do pray for them. I pray, Father, that their faith fail not. I pray, Father, that you strengthen them by your spirit in the inner man. Father, I pray that you give them an understanding so that they might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of your glory and the inheritance of the saints. And Father, that they might know what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. Father, you strengthen them. You show them. You cover them. You protect them. Lord, you're an amazing God. Hallelujah. You declared many times what you would do for us. Oh, hallelujah, when we walk with you. And so we thank you that Jesus is who he says he is. And we are who you say we are. And we have what you say we have. And we know, we know your truth. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're going to go ahead and have our prayer team come forward. If you need prayer for anything, they're here to pray with you. I love you. God loves you. The best is yet to come. We'll see you on Wednesday night there. God bless you all. All of you watching, we'll see you Wednesday night too. God bless you. You're dismissed.